Hello and welcome to Mikey Pod Podcast episode 292 for May 11th, 2020. Today's guest is animator, writer, director, filmmaker, and creator of the magnificent Pixar short film Float. Oh, it's so good. My friend Jeremy, hi Jeremy, told me about this uh, short and I watched it probably five or six times. It's on Disney Plus. If you have Disney Plus, check it out immediately. It's really beautiful. It's a... uh, Watch it. Uh, Oh, and I'm your host, Michael Heron. My pronouns are he, him, and I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller, and activist based in New York City. On this podcast, I have conversations with fellow creators who use their creativity to change the world. I've been sending this podcast to your ears for nearly 15 years. If you like what you hear... Subscribe using the colorful buttons in the sidebar and the footer at MikeyPod.com or just search MikeyPod for your favorite in your favorite podcast directory. If you'd like to know more about me, stop by my website at MichaelHeron.com. Hit me up on social media everywhere as at MichaelHeron or email MikeyPod at gmail.com. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. And uh, we're still in a pandemic. Uh, you probably know this already. And I don't want to go on and on about it. <laughs> I talked about it a lot the last two episodes and... We're there. We're in it. And here we go. I, yeah, yeah, I really, I was about to like check in a little bit about it, but y'all know we just, we're doing it. Um, I have a couple of things coming up and then I think we should hop into some music and uh, this great interview with Bobby Rubio. Uh, This Friday, which is, I think, May 15th, I will be premiering a new video from myself. I'm releasing a new single this week. It's called New Life. Um, It's a, I'll talk about it. I'll talk about it at the premiere thing. Uh, I think it's going to probably be premiered on YouTube. I haven't figured all that out yet. I'm a little bit of just pushing myself to let this, this, it's a string quartet electronics and piano piece. Uh, that I recorded way back when I did the sessions for the Animal Show, and I just never did anything with it. It's been a it's been a year and a half, you guys, as you probably know. For me, there's a lot going on, but um, I have an idea for a concept for the video, and the I I'm very proud of this piece. So uh, check out michaelheron.com or my social media, and you can learn more about that. Um, other than that, I sent out a bunch of zines to patrons. If you've been waiting for those zines, I'm really sorry. <laughs> But they're on the way at last. And I feel like this sort of heaviness of uh, creative inaction is lifting off of me. So um, not to say (laughs) I was going to say the P word, but that can mean a lot of things. Um, One of the things I'm very hesitant to say um, silver linings, but there's silver linings for everything. One of the things that has come out of this um, space (laughs) that I've been gifted, quote unquote, with is time for quiet and calm and redirecting. So this stuff is coming out of that, and I feel happy about that. This podcast is powered by my subscribers at patreon.com, patreon.com slash Michael Heron. Um, you can subscribe for $2, $5, $10, all the way up to whatever you want. There are special bonuses. I talked about those zines I just sent out to patrons. There will be a bonus interview with Bobby Rubio coming out on Wednesday that'll be only available to patrons. So if you want to hear more from this interview, which is a good one, that's where you go to get that. Okay. Gavin Castleton, great songwriter, musician, arranger. Uh, he has a new album out. He's been on the podcast before. I'll link it in the show notes at MikeyPod.com. This is a song from his latest album that just came out a couple weeks ago. The album is called Here You Go. 
and the song is called Compersion. Enjoy. Broken in 
Joining me now on the podcast is Bobby Rubio. He is the writer and director of a short animated film from Pixar called Float that I loved. Thank you so much, Bobby, for being on the podcast. Oh, it's great to be here, Michael. Thank you for having me. Uh, I love it. I, I A friend of mine suggested I watch the short. I watched it and immediately, uh, and I watched the making of uh, video this there too. I, I just, <laughs> I'll gush for a second. I just love it so much. I just watched it for a third time today to get ready for the interview. And it's so moving and powerful. I wonder if you could, I don't, I don't know how you feel about giving away spoilers. So maybe anybody that's uh, listening, you should watch the sh- watch the short first. Right, watch it first. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course, I'll I'll follow your lead on what plot points you want to give away. Um oh, okay. But can you do can you just let us know what the film is about? Okay. Uh the film is about a father and son and the son is different from the other children and so the father um, is trying to is is kind of ashamed and, and embarrassed about it. So he runs and hides his ch- child, and mm-hmm. he tries to make him fit in. This all comes to a big failure, and he has to learn to accept his child for who he is, and to celebrate him and love him for who he is. So. That's the basic story of it, um, and it's based off of my own relationship with my son Alex, uh, who is on the autism spectrum. That's where the story first came about. I was trying to tell a story about my experiences dealing with it. Uh, one of the many things that I love about it is that it, it, I, I was able to relate to the film from the child's perspective and I didn't know yet what the inspiration was and I really related to it and I think what I found so powerful moving about it was that I am like I was an artist kid and also a gay kid and also a kid with a lot of um, challenges with learning and that type of thing so you know like seeing that that transformation in the dad and in the kid and you know like the way you uh, express or, or characterize I guess the difference of the kid was so uh, it, it made the difference a beautiful thing you know and and something that yeah. was easy for all to to relate with with all different angles I I'm, I'm glad you had mentioned that because I have uh, had friends who uh, both on the LGBTQ side and also uh, who uh, a parent of an artist uh, who saw it and and felt what you did like uh, on the parent side he was like i didn't want my son or my daughter actually to be an artist because i know how rough and tough that is and so i put rocks in her backpack i prevented her from being herself and it made us miserable so i saw that once i let go and let her be herself uh then we were both free and the same with the LGBTQ community. They said the same thing. Like, I, I see myself there. In fact, I, I, I had a, a – there's a, 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 a woman who told me that her mother said the same thing. Why can't you just be normal? Mm-hmm. And she was like, I, 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 my mother said that exact same thing. And 
and um, we have since reconciled. And um, but she was like, I I was there. My mother had a difficult time with me being gay. And so uh, uh, she related it to the, the short in that fashion as well. Mm. I wrote uh, just on my, on my Facebook page. I feel so corny uh-huh. to bring up for some reason about the film and how much I loved it. Uh, just tonight, and a friend of mine wrote that he burst into tears with that moment when the when the dad is yelling, you know, and and I think that's a super powerful part too, and and then kind of the like the embodiment of the dad's and the relationships um, transformation too toward the end of the short um, is also like super powerful. Like I, I'll say, it's it's just so well done and so it it captures so many things. Um, I think that's just a compliment. I don't think I have a, a question with that. <laughs> oh, well, well, thank you so much. And yeah, uh, that line, I mean, it, it, what I was also trying to say too with that line, especially in my con- my case, was um, I felt that the father wasn't really reflecting that on his son. Like he wasn't yelling at his son. The subtext of that moment was the father saying, why can't I have a normal life? Mm. Why? Like I that's the subtext that I was thinking is like he he's yelling at himself. He's actually frustrated with himself. But um, uh, he's he has to like he has to just get over it and, and, and love his child and no matter what. And like probably he like I know for myself like I had visions of my son just being a typical kid and now I'm in this situation where my son is atypical he's on the autism spectrum and I just have to learn this is a different way of life it's not worse it's just different and and that's a a universal truth with relationships in general. Yeah. Like, you know, being in like yeah. a romantic relationship for me it, in, in the various times I've done that, there's also this part of having to, to step away and be like, okay, so this is this relationship. It's not th- like a relationship I saw in a movie sometime or, or some other yeah. ideal. It's this, this is these two people. And, and I think yes. that, I mean, it's a really, uh, it, it, the story really like opens up a lot of thoughts for me about about you know relationships of all kinds, not just a a dad and a son. And 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 they were there were some people were that asking why there wasn't a change in the park. Like why didn't you focus that on the story? I remember that that was one of the some people were pointing that out, and I my response to that was it's, it really is the story is about the father and the son. And it's, it's about the father and his switch over to acceptance. And once the father has accepted his child and loves him, then everything else will fall into place. They together can, can, can face the world. Like, like if the kid went about his life by himself, that would just be terrible. I mean, there's that moment where the father is looking out and he could decide whether to leave. And he's he knows in his heart if he does, they're just going to be miserable forever. Mm. And so that's why he chooses to walk towards the 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 um, the swing set. And he 
And in my mind, his, he didn't know what was going to happen. He, he just figured, I'm just going to go to the swing set and swing with my kid and enjoy my moment with my kid. I, he, he wasn't expecting mm-hmm. his kid to wait or anything, but it, he did. So, and then, and then you get that glorious ending. So, yeah. But, uh, something else that surprised me, um, was the fact in the, in the making of a little clip that's on uh, Disney plus there's that the realization you had about the characters themselves, um, making them Filipino American. Can you talk a little bit about that? About yes, your choice to I do can. that? Yes. Um, so the story is that I, um, original, the original, uh, drawing that I did of, um, the, the story was going to be, a, I was going to do a comic book and, uh, it was called Alex based off of my son. And the cover was, uh, two, uh, Caucasian, um, characters, the father and son, they were white. And, um, and then when I did the storyboards to them, I, they were, they continued to be white. And then I had showed my, my boards around. And one of my coworkers asked like, why, why are they white? This is your story. Those characters should be Filipino American. And I felt like, like, I guess maybe it's that unconscious bias that I was like, well, I don't know if anyone wants to see a Filipino American lead character because I wasn't used to seeing that. And so I was actually fine with it until she said, how is your son Alex going to feel when he looks up and he sees a, a white kid playing himself? And then it hit me and I felt like I really didn't want my son Alex to think I was ashamed of him. I didn't want him. I wanted him to know that his father loved him and, 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 and accepts him. And, and I wanted him to feel empowerment. So I, from, from that point on, I decided the character is going to be Filipino American and I did it for my son. Mm. So, and, uh, that's where the switch happened. And I am, I am grateful because now it's gone, it's gone out and, and, and I've gotten so many, uh, messages about people who appreciated the, um, that I went that route, that it felt more authentic to the story and, and that, and that they, people, Filipino Americans, especially finally saw, uh, characters that looked like them on screen. And, um, especially in a Pixar animated short for the first time. I mean, it's, it's so empowerful, empowering and, and, and amazing. And, and, and I am grateful to Pixar for that opportunity. It, that part of you that sort of wasn't used to seeing yourself kind of reflected back. Mm-hmm. Does that enable you to connect with the, the, the character of your son in the film? Like, I, I guess I'm trying to like draw a connection with race and all the different things we've talked about, uh, about quote unquote differences that we need to, to embrace. I don't know if I'm going to answer the question right, but it did help that the characters were Filipino American for me. Cause at least I, I knew how, at least I knew <laughs> deep inside how he would feel and how yeah. 
character feels and I it made it easy to direct my animators on on the situation at that moment and in particular moments. And you know what I don't even know if it's it was a Filipino American thing more so that it was probably more so that I'm a parent of a a child that's different. So I knew what it felt like to feel uh, uh, ashamed. I knew what it felt like to feel the darkness. I knew what it felt like to finally embrace my son. And I, I knew what it felt like to celebrate it because I've experienced all those things. I mean, that is me. That pretty, that character pretty much is me. Yeah. And my life story. So, um, I don't know if I answered your question. I think I did, but I don't know. I think you did too. As I w- as you were answering me, I was like, "Wait, what was my question?" I don't know if I even like understood <laughs> understood myself. Um, I'm curious too about like the path from you having the idea for the comic and how it became this short uh, for Pixar. Can mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about that process? Well, what happened was uh, in the beginning. When my son, this was like, my son is 12 now, and my son was diagnosed with autism at two and a half. Mm. And um, I didn't know how to handle the diagnosis. So my wife suggested for me to write a story and tell it. And since I do comic books on the side, she suggested I do the comic book. So I did draw the cover. Uh, and, and I was planning on trying to do the comic book series, but my, I just couldn't do it emotionally. I wasn't ready to tackle it. So, um, I didn't do a comic book of it. I only did the cover and I had to put it aside because emotionally I needed to just put it aside and, and just focus on work. And so four years ago, I, I have reached the other side of acceptance of my son. And I felt like it was time to tell this story. And I was like, I, since I'm a storyboard artist in my day job, I thought I would try to board it out and, and, and try to make a short. And I boarded it out and I showed it to Lindsay Collins, the executive producer of the spark shorts and she loved it. She thought it was a great candidate for the spark shorts program. And that's how float got made. That was how the process of it be from being a comic book transitioning to a, a animated short. It, it was mainly because I wasn't prepared emotionally to do it as a comic book artist. And, and that was because you were still sort of finding acceptance with the relationship itself with your son? Yes. Yes. It took years. It's not like the five minutes that it took <laughs> in the, in the, uh, in the short. And, and like, I, I had to seek, I, I was in a dark place. I had to seek therapy and, and actually I think time healed as well. And then and also just being with my son and then, and realizing the things that I were wor- was worrying about was kind of ridiculous, and uh, it took time. But uh, I am I'm on the other side, and I'm definitely happier because of it. Yeah, uh, it's it's not a process that 
people are eager to go through. Like, I think it's commendable that that you made the effort to figure it out. Yeah, thank you. About your work in general, I'd love to just know, have you always been an artist? I'm guessing probably yes. Uh, Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yes. Um, uh, I always wanted to, I've been drawing since I was a little kid, but I, I wanted to be a comic book artist. And uh, originally I was planning on going to, uh, I wanted to go to New York to the Joe Kubert comic book uh, academy, I think it's called. Mm. And my mo- I, 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 I was born and raised in San Diego and my mother said, there's no way you're going to New York. And so I uh, went to uh, CalArts in, in Valencia and that's how I, I, I went to do animation there. And that's where my career kind of started at CalArts, learning animation. And when I went into CalArts, I, I started realizing that, that this is what I want to do now. Because I started seeing all this amazing animation out there. I started, like, this is going to date me, but I, I was seeing, like, Lion King and, uh-huh. and, 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 uh, and, and I, I was like, I want to be part of this. So after when I went to CalArts, I made the switch to try to become an animator. And and so that's kind of my road from being a a doodler at and just drawing silly things at in elementary school to going to college and then becoming choosing animation instead. And then after college, did you have a pretty easy path or what was the path like from college to Pixar? I tried to do comics one last time after CalArts. Uh, so I graduated from CalArts. I was going to date me again from in 1990. <laughs> yeah, I graduated in 1994 and I tried comic books. I went to uh, Jim Lee's image studios uh, in San Diego. I started there for an internship in, I believe, the fall and then in the the next summer i went to disney uh in florida for an internship there and then um i did pretty good and then i but i was thinking of going back to comics and then i went over to jim lee after i finished my uh disney internship which was only three months both of them were just three months i went over back to jim and i asked like hey can i come back to comics and he told me, I, I would suggest you not because the comic industry is tanking. And, that, and, and in 1994, that's when Marvel Studios went bankrupt. And oh. so, yeah, so it was like uh, he, he told me to go to animation. And so then that's, uh, that's the route I went. I, I went to Disney and my first movie was Pocahontas. Oh, wow. I was at Disney, started on Pocahontas. I wanted to be a, an animator. I worked my way up from a rough in-betweener on Hunchback of the Notre Dame to um, finally making animator on Treasure Planet. And then, um, and then unfortunately, uh, 2D animation kind of died, and I had to figure out what I would do next. And, um, actually Disney let me go as well. And, um, yeah. And then I, 
found a job. My brother told me there was another job at Nickelodeon and it was a, and, and so I went there, I got a job at uh, avatar, the last airbender. And I was there for two and a half years. And after that, uh, I heard from a buddy up here at Pixar that Pixar was hiring and I, I applied and I got to Pixar and my first movie here was up, up. And then I've, the last movie I worked on that I could talk about is Toy Story 4. Oh, so, wow. So yeah. you've been in it. That's, that's, I know so little about animation that I'm a little like um, in awe. Like, you know, the mystery of some a different type of art form. But yeah. uh, it's really cool to hear like what that path is like. Um, all right. Well, I loved the film. Everybody who hasn't seen it yet, well, as we instructed in the beginning, everyone who's still listening should have seen it by now. <laughs> Yes, please. Um, I know you're on Twitter. Is there uh, any other place to connect with you online? Uh, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I I believe my Instagram is Bobby Rubio. And on Facebook, I'm Art of Bobby Rubio. And Twitter, it's Bobby underscore Rubio. So... Got it. Follow me. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody who's listening, um, if you don't have a pen or something, write that down. You can always just go to MikeyPod.com, look at the show notes, and there will be links to all of this stuff there. Um, Thanks so much for joining me. And we're going to do a second interview. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're also a patron, there will be a bonus interview with Bobby um, there in a couple of days. So thanks, Bobby, for joining me. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Michael. It was a pleasure.
From the album Safe From Your Affection, that was Trana Wintour with Everyone. I feel like I just channeled my best Casey Kasem for that. I hope you liked it. Trana has been on the podcast before. I'll put a link to that episode. And she and I shared the stage together in New York City, right here where I record this here podcast at the, the Duplex. So yay, Trana. I'll put links to the episode that she appeared on. You should also check out her work and the work of every other artist I feature on this show. You can listen to their music. You can stream it. You can pay for it and download it. You can watch their videos. You can watch the movies. Um, yay. Uh, thanks, Bobby, for being on the show today. And apologies, I should have said this in the beginning of the show. I recorded this interview quite some time ago. I've been getting the steam rolling again on this podcast. So I'm sorry this uh, interview sat for so long, but Float is still on Disney Plus, so you can watch it. Please tell me you watched it by now. Let me know what you think of it. I found it so moving, as you heard me say repeatedly. So if you want to hear more from me and Bobby, you can check out the bonus podcast. It'll be up this Wednesday on Patreon for subscribers. And that is everything. I hope you enjoyed this podcast, and I'll talk to you soon.